So there's this moment in Luke chapter 19. It's unprecedented, really. Um, Jesus kind of shows up in Jericho. Uh, Scripture says, uh, Luke chapter 19, verse 1, that he enters Jericho and was just passing through. So there's no agenda here. Jesus and his disciples are, are walking through. At least that's what they believe. But Jesus had a plan. He had a plan from the very get-go. Jesus came to reach people that no one else would reach. He came to touch their lives and change their lives and affect their lives. He believed that everybody was worth it. For God so loved the world. And Jesus was that saving agent. So Jesus shows up to reach them all. So here he is walking through Jericho and just passing through. And it says there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and he was rich. I want to stop here by just identifying a few things about Zacchaeus. Number one, he was the chief tax collector, which meant he had made his way up the ranks. He wasn't just an anybody, he was a somebody. And it second says he was rich. He would have been rich because he would have taken from everybody he served. So you got to catch this for a moment. This is a very polarizing man, Zacchaeus. People probably didn't care for him or like him. And the fact that he would be mentioned in Scripture kind of would rub people the wrong way. How dare Jesus ever reach out to a Zacchaeus? He's so different from us. We don't like him. He's mistreated us. He talks bad about us. He tweets about us. And he writes really bad blogs about us. Verse 3 says he was trying to see who Jesus was. So the story of Jesus had not gone without merit for Zacchaeus. That he was not able to because of the crowd since he was a short man. So running ahead, he climbed up a sycamore tree to see Jesus since he was about to pass by that way. You can just imagine the crowd that is made there to just watch Jesus walk by. Zacchaeus is like, oh, well, no, I'm going to run to the tree. Makes his way up the tree and here comes Jesus. So running ahead, he climbed up the tree. Verse 5. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, because today it is necessary for me to stay at your house. Woo! You see, the church people would have said, Jesus, you're blowing it. (laughs) You don't know this guy. I mean, he's the chief tax collector, Jesus. He doesn't act like us. He didn't look like us. We hate this guy. He shouldn't even, you shouldn't talk to him. There's so many better places to stay that aren't thieves, Jesus. (laughs) I mean, come on. Verse 6 says exactly who Zacchaeus was. So he quickly came down, it says, and welcomed him joyfully. And all who saw it began to do what? Act like the church. Let's be honest. It's what we do. That's our kind of, that's what we do. When we see somebody reaching out to people that we don't like, we complain. He's gone to stay with a sinful man. You could, you could hear it from the very moment he even talked to Zacchaeus, can't you? Really? I mean, I thought he knew everything. But he doesn't know that Zacchaeus is like not one of us. God, Jesus, hey, um, that dude's a sinner. And Jesus goes, So are you. Let's keep going. (laughs) Verse 8, 
But Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, I'll give half of my possessions to the poor, Lord. And if I've exhorted anything from anyone, I'll pay back four times as much. And Jesus says, Today salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham, which is, we'll get to here in a second. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which looks like the church. Is that what he says? Okay, then maybe it was this. The Son of Man came to seek and save those that look like him. How about the Son of Man came to seek and save those that vote the same way that Jesus did? It says Jesus came to seek and save those that were lost. They don't catch it, though. We, we've deleted the word lost because we don't want to offend, but I just got to say, anybody that doesn't see Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life is wandering lost. How do I, how do I get to heaven? How do, I, how do I know my moral code? Have you ever heard the term moral compass? It's something we give to people that think they know the right way, but there's no way they do. All they have is that little plastic compass that came out of Cracker Jacks. Y'all remember that one? Only direction you knew where you're going is if you leaned it. Oh, I'm going north. There is no moral compass outside of Jesus because he gives us the work of the Holy Spirit to direct us. And so when we ask the world to look like Jesus, they can't. They're lost. And Jesus is saying, that's why I showed up. And if we declare those of us in Christ are Christians, we should do a lot of what he did. So it is becoming of us to have a new focus. It's becoming of us to move in a direction that looks more and more like Jesus. So let me give you a few major changes for 29, 19, and beyond. The first is this. We're going to change the mission of the church, and I'll talk about that here at the end. I want you to hold on to that one because it's a big one. The next, and this one is more for those of y'all that have skin in the game here at Quell Creek. We're changing the missional giving of our church, and I want to explain that for just a second. Every year, I'm, I've long said this, I grew up a Baptist kid all my life. I, I, man, from the moment I was born, I went to a Baptist church and was put in the, in the nursery there. I've grown up my whole life that way. In fact, my dad is a faithful Baptist pastor in a town called Tishomingo, Oklahoma, that right now they are worshiping Jesus Christ and seeing God do amazing things at it. Man, I, I'm, I'm grateful for my heritage. And all the time I'm trying to teach people about missions and what that looks like because every year we come up to Lottie Moon. And for those of y'all that didn't grow up in RAs and GAs, that is a, a name that means nothing to you. You hear Lottie Moon and you go, what? Lotta Moon. Lottie Moon was a great missionary woman. And every year we give to missions towards the end of the year. In fact, you gave to it during December to reach out and support missionaries all around the world. To keep sharing Christ in Africa, in Uganda, in India, in Japan. You name it, they're there and you're supporting them with your giving. But here's the trouble. Most of you, like I, have trouble just sopping up a bunch of money to throw at missions in December. Because other things happen in December, right? Like Christmas. You know, the poor man's time of year. And so because of that, <coughs> pardon me, we're going to make a change. 
Maybe you don't know this. Every year, did you know that you give every year to Texas missions? Every year, we ask you in one particular time of the month to give to reach Texas offering. That goes to missionaries and church starts all around our state to reach new cities that have no church or to reach out to start a church to reach new people for Christ. Or maybe you didn't know this, that you give every year to the North American Mission Board. The North American Mission Board is a group, an organization that stations missionaries all over the United States to reach people in places like Detroit, California, you name it. They're everywhere. And because that you give to it, but we also know this, when we come to you and say, hey, this month we're giving to that, you have to make a decision. You have to go, well, how, how do I come up with that? I had money in, you know, February, but y'all weren't asking for missions money then. So here's what we're on to change. Starting today, you can give to missions all year long to the end of November. In November, we're going to give all of that money, all that missions money to our missions committee. And we're going to say to them this, in December, we want you to send out checks. We want you to send a check to North American Mission Board, to REACH Texas, to the International Mission Board, to Lottie Moon. And we want you to send those monies to those groups on behalf of our church then, because all year long, you can give to missions. Amen. And instead of saying, hey, you have a month, now we want to say, hey, you have a year. Give to missions. Give deeply. You're going to hear all year long of how that's going. And so I'm going to encourage you today, look at what you give. Give to the church. Let's support what we're doing in Amarillo and beyond. And then look beyond that and say, you know, I could give $5 to missions this month. And give towards it. Mark it. Say, hey, I want $5 of this to go to missions. And we're just going to keep seeing what God can do all year long. And you're still going to hear, hey, did you know this month has reached Texas? But we're not going to put out special envelopes. We're just going to tell you to give. And we're going to ask you to give and give and give. Here's what else we're talking about in missional giving change. Did you know that we support missions all over our city? Places like City Church, Hope Welcome Center, Life Challenge. This year, we're going to ask that you not just put money towards it, but give time and effort towards it. You're going to get to hear how you as a church can partner with these organizations and come alongside them and love on them. So many of you have been involved with our Southlawn Elementary Reach Out. We're so grateful for that. Thank you so much for doing that. Now we want you to join us in the other avenues. Places like Hope Welcome Center. That is a place where convicts' families can come and stay free of charge, hear the gospel, get food, and can go visit their family member and tell them about Jesus. What an amazing way to support people. And you can be a part of helping that change. And we're going to invite you to do so. So that is a part of our missional change in 2019. We believe that God is going to do more than we've ever seen him do in the, in the way of missional giving in 2019 and beyond. And we believe you can be a part of it. So keep that on your minds. Write that as a note. I'm going to give to missions in 2019 like I've never given before. And we'll keep you up to date. We'll tell you what's going on. And periodically you'll see Haley, our missions coordinator, coming in here and saying, hey, this is where we are. This is what we're doing. Come be a part. And this is where your missions giving is. We are excited. And here's the next. We're going to be more engaged in our community. Not only evangelically, which we believe that is the call of the church to share Christ with our community. We believe it is the highest calling and maybe perhaps the greatest calling you and I have. It's to share the greatness of Jesus Christ with our city. 
Did you know that today, statistically, Amarillo is a lost city? Today, your city that you live in is a lost city. They send missionaries to Amarillo to help evangelize Amarillo. Did you know that there is three church, two, three, four, five churches on this block? Five on this block. We can do better, and we will. We will reach out to our city with the very love and name of Jesus Christ, but we're also going to show up civically. We're going to show up and we're going to be there. We want our city to know something, that the church at Coal Creek cares about our city. We love Amarillo. We're grateful for our city. We're grateful that we can be a part of what's happening and we're going to show up and help with it. How dare us ever say anything about our leadership in our city if we won't be a part of healing it. We are the problem. Let's fix it. We get to be a part. I was reading a quote the other day, and no one can trace it back to who said it, but let me just tell you what it says. It says, whoever wants the next generation will get them. Whoever wants the next generation will get them. And I want to tell you something today. The church is losing this. We're losing it because we refuse to reach out. Because they don't look like us. They don't act like us. They don't talk like us. They look a lot like Zacchaeus. We don't like how they act. We don't like how they talk. We don't like how they're disrespectful or they're lazy. And Jesus says to us, there's Zacchaeus. For God so loved the world, he sent his only son. But that's not where he stopped, folks. He instituted the church next. And now he's sending us. The very namesake of his son is being sent out to a lost world. And whoever wants the next generation will get them. And I believe that Jesus wants them. And he's sending his church to reach them. But there's this terrible evaluation going on in church society today. We, we have these evaluation points, and I want to show them to you because I want to debunk every piece of this. So it's either this, tradition or relevance. Somebody's telling us out there, oh, you, if you stay traditional, you become irrelevant. Or if you're relevant, you have to lose all your tradition. Or how about this one, familiarity or the future family? You, know, you either have to choose that you know each other or you have all these people that you don't know anything about that you're hoping to reach. Or how about this one, seeing growth or seeing salvation? Like those are mutually exclusive. I, I think there's this terrible evaluation point for us today where we're saying to each other, okay, we can either see growth or we can see salvation. I say Jesus built his church through salvation. The early Acts church saw people added to their number daily, those being saved. So don't tell me you can't grow and see salvation. I believe we should see both. And it should be seen through salvation. But to get there, we've got to reach in a way that we're not reaching to see a result we're not seeing. That means we have to go. We have to go and we have to engage people for the sake of the gospel. We've got to get beyond ourselves and our, our ease and our comfort into reaching to people. And you heard Dale say from this stage one day, I don't know if y'all remember this. He was up here with this mud and he reached his hands in and he said, this is what ministry looks like. It's dirty. You have to reach and you have to put your hands in it. And that's exactly what God is calling his church to do starting today. 
It's time to get our hands dirty. It's time to reach a world that maybe we don't even want to touch. It's time to open our doors up to whosoever will may come. Because that's exactly the heartbeat of Jesus. We will share the gospel with them. Because let me tell you two things that should never change. The gospel and the word of God. Those two things are never changing. Jesus is the only way. And how do we know it? His word. (coughs) It tells us. It tells us exactly what we need. The gospel will never change. The word of God will never change. But can I tell you the things that should change? Everything else. We should reach out to the world in every single way that we can. We should exhaust ourselves for this purpose. We should go out a burning flame of fire for the namesake of Jesus Christ. We should reach a people that don't even know they want to be touched by the gospel because all they've seen of the church is judgment and hatred, and we will show up with a Jesus that loves them and points them in a way of salvation. Remember this, that Jesus never left anybody in their sin. He loved them too much to do that, and neither will we. But you know what he didn't do? Close his doors to anybody. In fact, he opened their doors. No one would have gone to Zacchaeus' house. Not one of these people that was saying anything about him. All they knew of Zacchaeus was, he is a sinful man. But Jesus didn't just say, come Zacchaeus, come hang out in my parade as I walk through town. He said, I need to stay at your place. Open your door to me, Zacchaeus. I'm not asking you to come to me. I'll come to you, Zacchaeus. And what happens when Jesus shows up, Zacchaeus instantly changes. Because when someone is in the presence of a holy Jesus, they cannot stay unholy. It's an impossibility. So what we should be as a church is a place where holiness is grown from the seed of unholy people. Because we all have that same story. As a seven-year-old, I'd never committed a heinous crime. I had not gone into court and given false testimony I just did not have that as my nature. But at seven years old, I was destined for hell because of my sin. And I needed the Savior to save me. And no matter what your story is, if you were the guy that killed people, but Jesus got a hold of you, we have the same amount of the salvation blood beating through our veins. Because all sin causes us to fall short of the glory of God. So here's the thing, church. Today... I almost, I almost had you do this. I'm going to tell it to you, but I'm not going to have you do it. I was going to say to you, why don't you go ahead and at the top of your page today, write the sin you brought with you. Sin you struggle the most with. Write it at the top of the page. And here's the deal. If anybody comes in this room in 2019 that has a sin that you don't like, trade them. Give them yours. Hey, I'm judging you, so I thought you should judge me right back. Because that is exactly what Scripture says. Be careful by how you judge. You'll be judged by the same measure. Do you think that Jesus knew Zacchaeus was a sinful man? Absolutely. Jesus knew completely who Zacchaeus was. But he also could see who Zacchaeus could become. That is what the church of Quill Creek should be for Amarillo. Not seeing who they are. Seeing who they could become in Christ. Because we're all on that journey. Because we all struggle in the mire of sin. But thank God, he saves us. And he can save them too. This church is not a courtroom. 
Because there is no judge amongst us, only God. We get to be grace-filled people who point people to him who can judge. Jesus knew Zacchaeus, and he knew his weaknesses. But you know what? He said, I can change this story. I can change the narrative that everybody else in town's writing about you, Zacchaeus, so that you can catch on to what I'm really bringing today. This isn't about me coming to your house. This isn't about me walking through town, what seems like for no reason. He's just passing through. It's about the fact that when Jesus showed up at Zacchaeus' house, he had two responses. Zacchaeus, who saw who Jesus was and was changed, and a people who thought they were changed and looked like Satan himself. He's a sinful man. You see, love keeps no record of wrongs. That's Jesus' business. The only people that keep record of wrongs is the enemy. And that day on that road, Jesus found a crowd full of the enemy that had really nice clothes on standing by. They got there early to see Jesus. In fact, they probably puffed up so the people like Zacchaeus couldn't see. But Jesus didn't go to any of their houses. He went to Zacchaeus's. Listen, that is exactly why God is calling his church to constantly work towards changing itself to look like him. Because there's a lost world that looks more and more like the enemy, and he's fed up with it. And so should his church. Thomas Rayner wrote this, change is urgent. Change is urgent because the gospel is urgent. Change is urgent because the gospel is urgent. Hear that. Why should the church constantly be looking to change? Because the gospel is that good. And in our generation we're living in, everything else is bad. But God is good all the time. And all the time, you better believe it. Tell your neighbor that. Share it with them and then show them that. So with that in mind, let me tell you where we're going as a church. We will never abandon loving God and loving people, ever. That is the calling of every church on planet earth. That is the calling of every Christian that lives and breathes by God's good grace to love Jesus and love people. It's the greatest commandment in the second slacket. Love Jesus and love people. Let me tell you what's going to make Quell Creek unique. We believe that we can do something as a church that speaks to people and brings them here. And this is what it is. The mission of the church at Quell Creek is to be a community for you. That doesn't mean that we change. Remember what doesn't change? The gospel, the word of God. Uncompromisable in these doors. We will not become what the word of God says we should not. Period. But everything else in us will reach people. Everything else will point them to that gospel. Everything else will point them to the word of God. So we want to build a community here. We want to build a community that when you walk in the door, no matter what you're struggling with, you will find somebody in a pew that wants to sit next to you. Because they love Jesus that much that they want to rub off on you. Can you do that? Can you build that kind of community here? Can you be the person that when you show up, you don't sit down until someone you don't know does? Can you be that kind of person that wants to be intimate with one another? To build a community that says we want to be together. We want to build something that glorifies God because that is our heartbeat. We want to see lost saved. We want to see saved 
renewed. And we want to see a church that moves beyond a pew into the streets. If that's you, come build community with us. Let's build it one brick at a time. Let's start and let's get our hands dirty and let's dig in. And let's build a community that shows that when you show up, we're a community attached to the heartbeat of Jesus Christ. So come get close to the fire. So here's how we believe you build it. We will build community by building a community of connection. This next week, we're going to dive into these three things heavy, so I hope you'll show up. A community connection, a community connection to God because we believe it is the only way that this works. And then a community of other people also pointing down that same highway. We believe everybody's on a journey and we want to be on a journey with you through connection. The next, a community of growth. We believe that when you show up at Quell Creek, you should not stay the same, but you should grow. Where you're planted, you should grow. And we want to give you every tool we can and every opportunity we can to see you grow in your faith. We're going to build a community of growth. And the last is this. When you're connected to God and others, when you're growing in your faith, we believe you can't help but affect change. We will be a community of change. We will reach our neighborhoods. We will reach the world because that's what happens when people are connected to the Lord and growing in Him. They go. So, let me ask you this today, and I want you to be serious-minded with me for just a second. How can we do this? There is only one inspiration by which we can move and become that kind of community, and that is by holding on to the very nature of Jesus Christ. So if you don't know him today, if you need to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there is no time to wait. Today is your day. Do not linger any longer. Don't question any longer. Come to Jesus. The next is this. I pray that we're so brokenhearted in 2019 that our front is never empty, but people are pouring out tears and asking God to win their city for Christ. If we're going to build a community, that community will build, be built on the knees and tears of people crying out to God for their families, their co-workers, and our city and our nation for Jesus Christ. It will not be, be, be built by dollars or pews, nickels or noses. It will be built on fervent prayer before a God who can change everything and anything he wants and do it through anybody and everybody, even a Zacchaeus. Amen. Amen. So my question to you today is this. If we're going to build a community, I need bricklayers. I need people who are willing to hit their knees and plead before a holy God. God, send us people and send us out to find them. They will not hear unless someone says it. So today is your day and my day to be humble before a holy God and declare to him, 2019, Lord, something started at Quell Creek that has never been burnt before, but we will burn for you. We will light a fire for you that will take over our city for your namesake. And today, it starts with me. Pray that kind of prayer. If you need to know him, today is your day. Make him known. Come talk to one of us down here and let us know. I need to know Jesus Christ. Be bold in that. The next, if you know Christ, plead to God for the harvest. Plead to God to make your heart come alive to reach people for Christ. Today is the day to build community, and it starts now. 
Let me pray for us. Holy God, I pray, Lord, that you would move us in such a way that people would notice something took place at Quail Creek that day. Something different happened. When the people left that church today, something took place. God, it's revival. It's renewal. It is a readiness to go out into our world and to share the gospel. Today, Lord, we start building community. And today, we begin to have the heartbeat of Jesus. Lord, help us to find the Lazaruses. Lord, that would come out of the grave. God, help us to find the Zacchaeuses that would be left alone. Lord, help us to find the women caught in the act of adultery and show them love and compassion of Jesus. God, may we be people who are found to be your kind of people. And may it start on our knees in prayer before you. God, break us for your sake. Make us holy by your name and lead us by your spirit so that we never leave here the same. Lord, change us. Change us, Lord. May your spirit fall in this place. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.